Welcome, everyone, and this is a special edition of the Undisputed Future podcast. This is episode 15, covering the July 5th edition of NXT, the 400th episode, and accompanying me is Nikki Six. There's a lot of numbers in this intro today. Yeah, there is. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. A milestone episode of NXT tonight. We had the NXT championship match between Bobby Roode and Roderick Strong in a heartbreaking up-and-down story. What a fantastic match. But first, Nick, we had an unlikely pairing of Cassius Ono and Hideo Itami taking on the force of sanity, Alexander Wolfe and Killian Dane. It was unlikely for a reason, too, because uh, it didn't work out very well for them. They just didn't make a very good pairing. There was no tag team chemistry. Absolutely. There wasn't... Scratch that. In the beginning, we saw the strikes. We saw the synchronized strikes in the corner, and everyone was thinking, okay, maybe these guys have something. Maybe they're looking past that little bit of animosity, but that's not enough to beat a team like Sanity. We were we were fooled for a little while. They were just, you know, they're both hard hitters. They have similar, they both use their legs a lot. They're full-on beasts when it comes to their combos. But that's not going to make a team. You need to have in-ring chemistry together. Two great in-ring superstars cannot necessarily make a great team. We hear it all the time. Cassius Ono not getting the cues for his tag. Hideo Itami not accepting tags when Cassius Ono wanted to make them. The connection just wasn't there. There was a lot of a lot of angst, a lot of animosity, especially after that first missed tag opportunity where Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane just went in on the tag team force that we know they're capable of. And they went in hard because, man, oh, man, Killian Dane was pulling no punches to the point where he even put his tag partner in uh, jeopardy at a couple points. A senton to break up a pin count and... Knowing the way Sanity interacts with each other, Alexander Wolf getting the brunt of that attack didn't bother him at all. No, they probably, not even a little bit. They say hello to each other by elbowing each other in the face. Took that it with that a group smile. is insane. So go with a smile. Alexander Wolf, not a stranger to pain. Killian Dane, not a stranger to pain. These guys, when working on the same page, I have said it before, I think they're my favorite tag team duo to come out of Sanity. I like the chemistry between them. I like that Killian Dane as a big monster has that smaller guy. Of Alexander Wolf, the unorthodox, unpredictable, fast speed. Faster. He's definitely not him. a small dude by any means. He's a he's a very large statured fella. But <laughs> compared to Killian Dane. Most men look most small men compared to the beast of Belfast. Small. Alexander Wolf can hold his own against most anyway, so it doesn't really matter about how big or small he actually is, because that man can take a beating and then some. The tag team chemistry between Sanity, it was just business as usual. Even two very talented in-ring competitors, not necessarily a great team in Cassius Ono and Hideo Itami. We'll go back to Sanity's dominance. Where does the story of Cassius Ono and Hideo Itami go from here? Where does this animosity of this unsuccessful tag team match oh, take them? you want to see it go? Like, I, I, I need to know. I want to see it go down to Atlantic Avenue to the Barclays Center. I want to see those two hard hitters collide at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. But there's a lot more to be told, I feel, before August. I think Hideo might want to get his hands on Ono sooner than that. We don't know what he wanted to say last week. It could have been, like you I said, challenging out for gonna, a match. I think he was going to challenge him out for a match, and that's the, that was looming in his mind that he never got to say anything last week, and he was forced into this tag team situation. I think that also played a part in uh, why they weren't such good tag partners, because there was a tense situation going on prior to this. Fideo was reluctant to be Cassius' tag team partner from the get-go. I, I get that. You could kind of see it in his entrance, the way he like walked to the ring. It wasn't necessarily in his competition form. He was just in a, let's kind of just get this done 
while not taking the beating by Sanity lightly, he just didn't want to be on the same page as Cassius Ono. No, especially not by force. But no, Tommy's not a guy you want to tell what to do. No. Yeah, it would be the wrong end of a GTS. Speaking of the wrong end of a GTS, Alexander Wolf took a wonderful GTS straight to the mouth, but he took it, again, smiling. Took it with a smile. A very smart blind tag by Killian Dane would seal the fate of a selfish Hideo Itami. Alexander Wolf getting the tag, getting the GTS, but Hideo Itami eating a huge killer crossbody by Killian Dane. Uh, what stops sanity? I feel like we ask it every single week, Nick. What stops sanity? I don't know. Eric I, Young with this master plan. I'm they're running down two talented competitors. I know exactly what's not going to stop them. The AOP. They're going to run right through them. No problem. Two monster strategists in Paul Ellering and Eric Young. Those two minds colliding, that's a rivalry I can't that's, wait to see. That's going to be a, that's going to be some great, great storylines. Some really good cutscenes. I can't wait to see where Ellering takes it. The psychological factor that Sanity possesses as soon as they enter an arena, the same goes for the Authors of Pain. That's an exciting aspect. Two different types, though. Two very different types of fear. One you fear because they're just monstrous and you know how much pain they can do to you. Sanity you fear because you don't know what they're going to do to you. And that can be even more terrifying. You don't know what angle they're going to attack you at either. Remember, there's four of them. Nikki Cross, not a stranger to colliding with the male talents. But we could talk about Sanity all day. Sanity, again, a successful tag team matchup against Cassius Ono and Hideo Itami. Cannot wait to see a future confrontation between those two. And we certainly can't wait to see where the master plan of Eric Young and the dominance of Sanity will continue. But Nick, we do know what's next in the future of the NXT women's division. Ember Moon wants to be that name. She made quite a statement in front of she three, wants four, to be. Di- four different mics in the performance center. I never she saw an interview set up like that. I never saw an interview taken on an iPhone. <laughs> Who records their interview on an iPhone? <laughs> could, have been in, could have been in some kid doing a project at Full Sail for his graduate's uh, degree. We'll never know. Either way, I'm jealous. <laughs> a great interview nonetheless. We did see what Ember Moon has in her future. We also heard from Ruby Riot. Yeah, Ruby we... Riot taking exception to the fact that uh, Ember Moon wants to be Asuka's next opponent. Do you agree? Like, do you agree that, that, that maybe Ember Moon isn't the next in line? I don't think Ember Moon should take the liberty upon herself to name herself number one contender without going through somebody who's been in the title scene recently, like Ruby Riot. Let's remember, Nick, Ruby Riot was in a competitive elimination match just a couple weeks ago that broke down. There was no technical decision in that match, despite her being eliminated. There so her- was, in fact, a technical decision. It was still an elimination match, and she was, in fact, eliminated. Okay, how about this one? Ember Moon is just finishing business with the iconic duo. With Peyton Royce being driven to the back of the line, Ember Moon is still working her way up through talents who can find themselves in the title scene like the other half of the iconic duo. When is Billy Kay getting her rematch? I, I see where you're coming from there, but I feel that Ember Moon had her place. She was injured in her shot, having her shot. Her match against Peyton Royce was simply proving that she's still capable of performing and therefore picks up where she left off. There's a lot of gray area with getting an injury at the wrong place during the wrong time when you think you're going on to be number one contender. Where does that leave you? I feel it's a case-by-case scenario. Definitely a good case for Ember Moon, 
but a good case for Ruby Riot as well. And I personally, Nick, I want to see these two lock up number one contender yeah, match. Let's see who takes on the Empress to, tomorrow. Uh, to keep an eye out for. We, we got to watch these next couple episodes to see uh, what's going to happen there. I'm excited to see those two in the ring. That Mo- should be uh, nonstop. Non-stop action-packed match. We saw them able to work together as a team in NXT Poughkeepsie. Cannot wait to see them as opponents. Future of the NXT Women's Division... Well, the future of the NXT Women's Champion is a little bit up in the air right now, Nick. Asuka tweeting that she's not showing up to NXT until she finds a, quote, worthy opponent. Your thoughts on that? I don't... I, I didn't like the, you know, entitled Princess of Tomorrow... And when it started, you know, so I don't like it now. I don't like it. I like the original idea. It was, you know, a very humble character, but she was still, she knew how hard-hitting she was, and she knew what she was bringing to the table. So she was very sure of herself. It brought a fun aspect to her character, and now all that fun has been sucked out by this jackassery. Jackassery of what? Being a fighting champion? Doing whatever means hey, necessary? Fighting champion. She won't even show up. Everyone gives shit to Brock Lesnar because he won't show up on Monday Night Raw. But Asuka says she's not showing up on NXT and everyone's like, oh yeah, well I guess she's been champion a while. Asuka's been champion longer than Goldberg's been undefeated. And that means what to me? I hated she's, the WCW. I thought he was been, just a bad Stone Cold She's idea. been NXT Women's Champion through three Four different NXT World Champion reigns. That I got. That I'll give you. There's no She's competition left. The competition needs to build before Oscar can really there. scouts competition. There's there's a lot of potential right now. There isn't competition, and a proper champion would keep the competition down to assure her dominance. Assuring her dominance is an undefeated longest reign, the most dominant champion, not only in NXT, but in WWE right now. Asuka's next opponent, Ruby Riot, Ember Moon, give us your thoughts, at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. But a lot more future of the women's division coming up. Nick, a qualifying match between Bianca Belair and NXT's own Aaliyah. Happening yeah. last week. We did not get to see Gotta that see one, a unfortunately. Highlights. Gotta go to see a couple highlights. And uh, I was super intrigued by how uh, Belair pulled off, like, she, I think she used her hair. I'm not exactly that sure. That length of the ponytail, that thing I, is a weapon. Yeah, I have seen clips I, of that being used before. I'm That's a pretty, pretty cool sure move. I'm pretty sure she used a little bit of her ponytail. And uh, it was it was definitely different, and I liked it. I, I'm excited to see more from that. It whacked to the rib cage and a victory. For Bianca Belair making the May Young Classic qualifying match a successful one. I can't wait to see more of her, if I'm being perfectly honest. The EST of NXT. Now, I'm not entirely certain what that means. Nick, I don't know if you have any thoughts on what that possibly could mean. I I don't know. EST usually means established, so... An established competitor... Qualifying for the women's tournament. And I know she wasn't established in NXT because I know her credentials, so... Damn it. (laughs) But she's Ty Dillinger approved. (laughs) That she is. The Perfect Ten. Check it out on the NXT Facebook. Bianca Belair has Ty Dillinger's blessing. You know who is established, though, in NXT? The iconic duo. Yeah, they are. Peyton Royce, Billy Kay. They also established a spot in my heart. The two Australian ladies meeting with Kayla Braxton, who just... Kayla seems to be getting the short end of the stick on interviews. All the time. It's unfortunate. It's so bad for Kayla. She's good at her job, not getting much out of the iconic duo. She always looks so damn good. 
talent behind the looks as well. Very nice in person, though. You ever Very get the kind. opportunity. But the iconic duo, the iconic duo wants to keep their stamp on the NXT women's division, despite the recent unsuccess with Ember Moon. Where do you think they go from here? Do you think Liv Morgan is in need of another bullying session? Do you think Ali is going to get her cat ears stolen away from her? What is What new plan is the iconic duo going to come up with? I feel like they'll find someone new to pick on. Going to pick on Liv Morgan seems like the easy way out, and I feel like we haven't seen Liv Morgan for one of many reasons. Honestly, I think it's because she's going to take part in the Mae Young Classic. I think she's going to have a big part to play in the Mae Young Classic. That's just my personal opinion. It could be because of injury. It could be because she needed time off for personal reasons. There's several reasons why competitors take off time for NXT. I think it's the Mae Young Classic, and I don't think that they're going to bring her back down. Not saying that facing the iconic duo in any way, shape, or form is putting anyone Not down. repeating a rivalry. But not yeah, necessarily they don't bringing need them back to down. bring that back up. They don't need to bring that rivalry back to fruition. It, it, it served its purpose for both sides. The iconic duo still wanting to make their stamp and make their names known and hopefully get that iconic wing in the Performance Center sometime soon. But some other drama unfolding behind this interview, Nick. We saw Andrade Cien Amas fighting again with that woman oh, we saw. You? Yeah, she was we screaming saw her, at We him saw her a couple weeks the, back. The, what is the story here? Not an idea. They're always speaking in Spanish, and that is not one of my preferred languages. Nope. And one of the bad things is getting... I'm so bad at Spanish. And you know what the worst part about it is? I took like four years of it. High school Spanish not paying off here, but if you guys have any translations, if you could give us any insight as to who this woman is and why she wants so much to do with Andrade Cien Almas' personal life, get at us at any way possible. We want to know and we want to keep others updated. Andrade Cien Almas, what's next for his future and what does this woman have to do with it? Somebody who does seem to have their future established, Nick, is Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre with another interview with Chrissy St. Cloud, making his intentions known that he wants to be NXT champion. You know what else name, dro- name dropping a few people along the way. A few people? You know what else he's establishing? That beard is coming along solidly. Some burly facial hair coming from the Scotsman. That usually, might mean a heel turn. Usually does. It's like you but, took the words right out of my mouth. But Drew McIntyre, too big of a face, I feel, in the NXT division to get such a shift. He wants to follow the legacies of Finn Bauer, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bo Dallas, even though he didn't necessarily mention Bo Dallas. It took Nick <laughs> to mention Bo Dallas. I mentioned Big E, the current king of the cruiserweights, Neville. The list of established NXT champions probably goes on from there. Seth Rollins, the undisputed future of the company, also the first NXT champion. So big things for the NXT champ on Raw and SmackDown is not a completely absurd idea. I feel Drew McIntyre has come back to NXT in a way where he wants to establish himself here, he wants to hold that gold, and he wants to get the recognition when the time comes on Raw and SmackDown. I feel like that's not the only reason he's here. I feel like he's also here to build up some talent. He's here to help the new guys. He's here to not only make his name by having a legacy, but part of his legacy being that he was a very giving person, helped train up these guys. That's got to be a part of the reason he's on the NXT roster, is his superb know-how. He is just a fantastic athlete to have on the roster, and to have him around all these younger guys, 
He's got a lot to work with. He's got a lot of talent. He's a former Intercontinental Champion. He's got a lot of information to hand down from traveling around to independent scene, to independent scene, country to country. Drew McIntyre has taken all this time away from WWE to really establish himself. It can come full circle with that NXT Championship, and I personally think it might. Could. I feel like um, he's going to linger on the NXT roster for a bit. I don't think it's all about the NXT title like he uh, leads on. I'm, I'm excited to see where his NXT reign goes, and I, I, I'm more excited to see where he ends up on the main roster. I think it's going to be a good run. I think he has that potential to be the face of NXT. Title reign is definitely in Drew McIntyre's eyesight. Cannot wait to see what competition he wants to bring to the NXT champion, who we will discuss a little bit later. But first, let's discuss a return. Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, next week. I'm so excited. time, man. I'm oh my God. So the heartbreak happy. It was is almost hear. over. It was good to hear. And I don't know about the heartbreak being almost over. I think the heartbreak has just begun. I truly think the heartbreak has just begun. Because once Johnny Gargano gets on that mic, we are going to hear every little bit of the heartbreak that he felt. Every little bit of pain that didn't even matter because his brother was stabbing him in the back metaphorically. Not just that. Not just the personal relationships in wrestling, but the personal relationships outside of wrestling getting completely jumbled up by this betrayal of Tommaso Ciampa. Nick, you're absolutely right. I'm sure we're going to hear all about this. Next week, Johnny Wrestling getting hopefully a live mic and a free time to speak his mind because I cannot wait to hear what he has to say to that bald SOB psycho killer, Tommaso Ciampa, who I... Wish all the best in his recovery of his knee injury. I can't wait to see that Johnny Gargano-Tommaso Ciampa match. <clears throat> Excuse me. Had a <laughs> little something caught there. I didn't want to... Uh... Yeah, Johnny Gargano next week, but this week, episode 400, NXT, a huge main event. Bobby Roode, Roderick Strong, NXT Championship on the line. Nick, before we even get to the in-ring action, can we talk about the Roderick Strong story anymore? I think we've beaten that to death. Who is Roderick Strong? Past few weeks on NXT. Look him up on YouTube. If you're not feeling Ferrati after those, I don't know what to tell you. I met the guy in NXT, Poughkeepsie. I was pulling for him more than I ever pulled for Roderick Strong in a match tonight. And I'll get to the results later on. But first, Nick, pre-match interviews. Pre-match interviews with the champion and challenger. And the challenger only having one word on his mind. He's very... To the point tonight. What's on his mind? Victory, Victory was on his mind. That's it. He's got everybody outside looking up to him. He's got the crowd behind him. The only thing on his mind, short and sweet, victory. Bobby Roode having a little bit more to say. And this fairy tale, uh, just this patronizing this attitude of Bobby Roode. story has got to come to an end at some point. It's like the man said. And, uh... Strong has been living in a fairy tale world where he thinks he can somehow overcome the rudest man alive. The glorious champion taking on the ruthless challenger. Nick, what a incredible match. There were only two matches on this week's episode of NXT, but neither one disappointed. What a championship bout. What an exciting atmosphere. Hearing more of Ronaldo call the action. Everything just felt like it mattered. Strong and rude, giving each other everything they got here tonight, Nick. Yeah, it was 
a great match. We got to see some really, really great spots. Well thought out. Extremely well executed. Roderick Strong hitting some unbelievable backbreakers, as always. We can always expect that out of Roddy. Uh, we know the RKO out of nowhere, Nick, but you ever hear the backbreaker out of nowhere? That seems to be Roderick Strong's <laughs> MO each and every time he steps into that ring. As soon as he gets on the main roster, that's all we're going to hear out of Michael Cole's mouth. <laughs> and let's, we're all going to hate it. <laughs> let's hope it catches on as big as the RKO meme. I want big things for Roderick Strong in his future. Ugh, but what can It's we... almost guaranteed at this point because the man is... He is cementing a legacy in NXT. Establishing himself as not only Mr. Ring of Honor, but a huge face and an even bigger heart in the NXT division. Amazing in-ring ability on display tonight. Backbreakers out of nowhere. The hard strikes. The redemption for Roddy was clear here tonight. Was, he a, wanted to hurt Bobby Roode. He reminds me of another uh, go-getter from the NXT universe. An NXT alumni. That you happen to be sporting at the moment. Sami Zayn. That's right. Good Underdog sir. from the Underground t-shirt on here. He tonight, reminds folks. me a lot of Sami Zayn in his early days in NXT. Where he'd take these big losses. But he would always come out emotionally on top. And he'd make it a point. He lost. But he lost for a reason. And he's going to make that reason known. And he is going to make it worthwhile. Roderick Strong making every single second he's between those ropes worthwhile. I absolutely agree with that. A familiar strategy incorporated by the champion here tonight, Nick. We had flashbacks to the first Shinsuke Nakamura match. The strategy that knee broke, don't fix it. The shattered knee of Roderick Strong after he fell in the ring steps. He was, I think Bobby Roode like shifted the, the ring steps slightly and that threw Roddy off balance. He was standing on the ring steps at the moment and he fell in between the ring steps and the ring itself. That gave Bobby Roode the absolute advantage. It put the target on Roddy's knee. It just tore him apart for the rest of the match. But that Roddy initial did... impact was... Oh, it was fierce. That steel echoing Ooh. through full sail. Ooh. Man, that sounded bad. You could tell how bad of pain Roderick was in, but you saw his fiance out there. You saw his mom there. You saw them in the front row. You saw the cheers for Roderick Strong carrying through full sail. And then it's just, you see the backbreaker one after the other. Hard-hitting moves by Roderick Strong. But Bobby Roode, knowing the champion's advantage, just rolling out of the ring at every go. Every time the man had a chance to get away, he did. He knew where he was every time he hit the mat. I'll say what I will about Bobby Roode's quote-unquote NXT, his reign, but wow, the championship awareness, the ring awareness, and the strategy brought to us by the Glorious One. It's its remarkable, Nick. I've the guy knows how to retain his belt. I've been saying this for weeks. The man is one of the best strategists in the game right now. Nearing Triple H levels of strategist, in my opinion. He's, he's that damn good. I mean, hey, the ring... From the get, from the very first seconds of this match, he egged on Roddy into a dropkick. And he did in a very similar pose as Triple H, the glorious being very representative of, you know, the oh, game shooting up his shooting up his hands and spitting water out of his mouth and whatever the hell he else is doing. It's it's very reminiscent, but my my point here is that the man knows what he's doing at all times, whether it be I'm about to get hit in the face or I'm about to end this match. He knows what he's doing. 
He knows how he's going to do it. Yeah, because I'm sure most people willingly take a Roderick Strong dropkick to the face. I'm going to move a little past that one, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the ring awareness of the champion. One of my favorite maneuvers in Roderick Strong's repertoire, that turnbuckle backbreaker. He hit that. I thought it was over. I thought we had a new champion. He rolled out and around the ring posts. Absolutely, absolute brilliance by Bobby Roode. I can't Holding knock the guy for that the, one. He held onto the rope the entire time. Nearly like ensuring the fact that he would land somewhere near the ropes so that he can roll out. The man knows what he's doing. He knows how to capitalize on every little nook and cranny of that ring. Every little opportunity, even the opportunities where he thinks his opponent has put one over on him. Roderick Strong with the absolute belief that he won this match. A unbelievable maneuver near the ropes. But Bobby Roode's leg, not on the rope, but underneath the rope. Referee able to notice that, unfortunately calling it off for Roderick Strong while he was celebrating with his family. Bobby Roode with a vicious but opportunistic attack, a glorious DDT on the outside. It all but spelt the end for Roderick Strong. You could see the sweat on the mat where his face hit. It's like the shroud of Roddy. If there's one thing I don't want to discuss during a championship match, it's religious figures. Nick, <laughs> let's get back to the action. We'll call that a dent in the floor where Roderick Strong's head hit. How about that one? We'll call it what you will. It looked like it hurt like a bit. A impactful, glorious DDT on the outside. Another one on the inside. One, two, three. Glorious and victorious once again is Bobby Roode retaining his NXT championship. But Nick, I am in huge denial the Roderick Strong saga for this championship, it's not over. No, I agree, I agree with you. I know that's a rare occasion, but I, I completely agree. The way Rude left, he blew that kiss to Strong's wife, and Roderick Strong is not going to let that fly. He is not going to leave that be. Not taking that, do you want to be with the real man comment lightly, I'm sure that has a That'll carry animosity with you way past one match. He's going to be thinking that one through. <laughs> He's going to be thinking about that. It's going to be lingering in the back of his mind. He's going to go and watch the match, and he's going to see that Bobby Roode blew a kiss to his wife, the mother of his child, and he's going to break his face open. At least that's what I would do. (laughs) Bobby Roode thinking he can take whatever he wants because, again, he sees this as his NXT. That might be his downfall. That may, in fact, be his downfall. The fact that he thinks he can take whatever he wants. It could rub some people the wrong way. It could necessarily drive people who are coming back to the WWE. Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Roode has a lot of potential behind it. Has a lot of potential, but we're not going to get to see that anytime soon. We got to wait till the, we got to let this play out. I'm I'm more excited to see where the Roderick Strong feud goes right now. I don't I don't want to think too far in advance with McIntyre. I do think McIntyre is going to get somewhat of a feud out of that. I think he's going to, like, a number one contender's feud out of this. Drew McIntyre's recent success in NXT, definitely a reason to look at him as number one contender material. We'll see where the saga of the NXT World Championship goes, but the future of the NXT Tag Team Division is up for grabs next week. Nick, we have the Authors of Pain taking on the Challengers. Heavy Machinery for the gold, these two Big Goliaths of a team, a rematch that we saw NXT Live in Poughkeepsie. You can always get our thoughts on that. It's somewhere beneath this episode. Next week, next week, two big teams. 
Man, what happens next? Honestly, I think that, you know, with Paul Ellering's at their side, they are going to run right through Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery is a great team, and they're a lot of fun, but they don't know what they're getting themselves into with the AOP and Paul Ellering. We Um, saw them without Paul Ellering, and they put on a clinic. Having Paul Ellering at their side can only mean a good strategy coming out of the Authors of Pain's corner. You don't know if any of these titles are going to change hands on a weekly basis. Who do you think is going to take it? I have this aching feeling that Authors of Pain are going to be the longest reigning NXT Tag Team Champions of all time, despite what competition is in their way, because of the brilliance of Paul Ellering. I really think that plays a lot into the effect. It's not just brute force. The Authors of Pain are really smart competitors because of the feed they're getting on the outside. I don't think that they're going to be the longest reigning. I think that they are too good to stay as the NXT champion, uh, tag team champions. I think that they are due to go up very soon. And I feel like NXT's tag division is too jam-packed with great competitors to deny any of them the opportunity at being title holders. You gonna deny Sanity the chance to hold the tag titles? Are you gonna deny Heavy Machinery the chance eventually? There's also Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli. There's there's a lot of talent in the NXT tag title division, and honestly, I I don't think any of them should be held back from the title opportunity. They all deserve to be in the title scene, in my opinion. We gotta see where NXT puts them up. An interesting time in tag team wrestling for NXT, most definitely. But next week, we have the titles up for grabs. Heavy Machinery gets their chance at the Authors of Pain. And cannot wait to see where the future of the division goes. Cannot wait to see where the future of the women's division goes. We will have to see whether it will be the rebellious spirit of Ruby Riot or the mythical warrior mindset of Ember Moon to challenge Asuka next one-on-one. That division, also a very exciting period. A very great Time to be an NXT fan. 400 episodes. A great special tonight. Two hard-hitting, exciting matches. Cannot wait to see where a lot of stories go from here. And I can't wait to see where our story goes either. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. At Undisputed Future Podcast. Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Undisputed Future Podcast. Should not be too difficult. The logo is the same color as NXT. I think that about wraps things up for us tonight. Episode 15 covering July 5th edition of NXT. Episode 400. This has been The Voice That Is Your Choice. C.D. Danny Mac. Accompanied once again by independent wrestling veteran Nikki Six. Thank you guys for joining us. Happy 4th of July to everybody. We hope you had a healthy 4th of July weekend. And stay tuned next week for more NXT action. (laughs) 